When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Um, those astute listeners will notice I'm carrying a little bit of a cold. Um, unfortunately, this is what happens when you have a child at nursery. You <laughs> seem to get cold every week, it feels. But don't worry. You know, we've we've made the comment again. I will continue to fight on. This is, you know, like MJ with his flu game. I will I will soldier on and uh, continue to bring you guys content. So joining me, of course, is Liam. Liam, how are you doing? Not bad, thank you, Rich. How how's everything with you apart from the uh, cold that you've got going on? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I had a a very interesting week um, in terms of. Dynasty. I was I was pretty poor across my dynasty leagues. I think I, I had a three and three and nine week. I think across my twelve cash leagues, which was pretty shocking. Um, but I did I did manage to pick up wins in all the, all the big tournaments. So I won in Scottish Bowl. I won in the UKFL and, and a few others. So yeah. What What about yourself? I had a very poor week this week. It was awful. Um, won in a couple of leagues that I wanted to. So. Uh, the Rules Mania League that um, Murph set up for the Warrior Bowl 10 spots. Um, I won in that one. And then um, I actually came third in my division in the satellite for Scott Fishball, which I was very surprised about. I clicked on the email of top scorers and saw Five Yard Rush and thought, who else is that? That's not me. So I then had to go <laughs> back into the email to figure it out. Um, but apart from that, it was a very, very poor week. So um got knocked out of the FFCC first round. Yeah. So I'm not not too happy about that. Yeah, I, I made my graceful exit this week, which um yeah, the le- the less said about that the better. I think basically <laughs> I, I think I think this week I actually struggled to field a, a full lineup. I was so decimated by injuries. It was it was not the finest of weeks. Um but before we dive into the, the main show, I'm keen to uh, to remind you that support for the Five Yard Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Um, we still have the exclusive offer for you um, with the code 5YARD. You can get 20% off at manscaped.com, including free worldwide shipping. Um, so, Liam, 
cocktail of the week. You've you last week you went with a shot that you basically made into a drink. <laughs> yeah. What, the, what have we got this week? It hit me around that hard that I'm actually on the water this week. Um no, so instead of a cocktail that I quite enjoyed, I know that there's a couple of mainstay cocktails that people have been talking to me about and not uh not seen on the pod and will never see on the pod if I don't start doing stuff that I don't particularly like. So this week, um, apparently I make an es- a mean espresso martini. Um, that's coming from my stepdad. Uh, so all that is is coffee liqueur, espresso shot, and some vodka. And yeah, that, there's nothing else to it, really. Stir it. Then apparently it's nice. I don't know. I don't really like uh, coffee at all. So well, that makes that makes two of us because I can't drink coffee at all. So uh, so yeah, it's it's not a drink that I can say that is is a mainstay. Although. I was at a wedding last night. Yes, yes, a Monday night wedding. And uh, I was appalled to see that they had espresso martinis on tap, which was... On um, tap? Oh. Yeah, it was, it was completely mind-blowing. They had, they had a five-tap five bar set up. They had two ciders, a strawberry daiquiri and an espresso martini. I don't know they had a uh, strawberry daiquiri there. And then they had Carling. It was it was absolutely <laughs> there. No decent beer, no like ales, nothing, nothing that I would qualify as a, as a competent drink. It was, yeah, cider, and I've I've never seen espresso martini on tap, but apparently you can do it. So there you go. So Liam, en- enough about cocktails on tap. <laughs> Highest scores of the week. Where who who uh, who lit it up on Sunday? Well, speaking of litting it up. Or lighting it up, should I say, because I can't <laughs> talk today. Um, Sam Darnold, QB1 on the week. What what a week. He had uh, two rushing touchdowns, so that always Sam helped. Darnold is, is the new Cam Newton, apparently. Apparently so. Um, so you've got Sam Darnold, Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan were the top scorers on quarterbacks then you have running backs you had Cordell Patterson Saquon Barkley and Derek Henry as the top three who would have thought that Cordell Patterson at the start of the season would be having a running back one overall week yeah, absolutely stole, stole the line out of my Dynasty waiver wire uh, article that, that went out today I think that was the first sentence but yeah truly shocking but I think for me, the, the the biggest one is is Saquon Barkley. You know, he is 100% back now. We, we've seen two weeks of him looking like Saquon Barkley. I called him a must-buy two weeks ago because, you know, we, we expected a slow start and he had a slow start in his first two games. But he is, you know, he's so entertaining to watch. He can do anything from anywhere on the field at any point. It is, you know... I'm so pleased because I've got a ridiculous Matt Barkley show. So uh, I'm very pleased to see him back performing. He is definitely back, but we'll go over that in a little bit. So we've also got uh, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel again in the top three. Um, what a turnaround for Debo that's been. And DJ Moore as the top three wide receivers this week. And then we've got tight ends, CJ Uzama. <laughs> Dawson Knox and Mo Ali Cox. I'm pretty sure all three of them were going outside of the top 30 tight ends at the start just, of the season. It just shows how ridiculous tight end, Welcome. isn't it? I think each of them scored two touchdowns, which, you know, yeah. okay, if, if, if you're able to predict a random tight end that's going to score two touchdowns. I think all three are interesting. I've, I've been a huge fan of Mo Ali Cox. I've, I've been praying for that breakout that he's actually going to get some decent snap counts and stuff for two years, but... I'm not convinced it'll ever happen. I called Dawson Knox. He was he was in my Dynasty Wave Wire article two weeks ago. So quite pleased with that one. And CJ Uzoma head, heads it up this week. So uh, so let's hope that he continues on the Dawson Knox trend. Yeah, I, I liked Dawson Knox at the start of the season. I just didn't know how that offense was going to function. Um, but he, he looks like he's on it the, the past couple of weeks, a couple of touchdowns, and that's all we need. So I think any of these, I think any of those guys, it just shows that outside probably the top two tight ends, you're you're basically it's, it's a tight it's touchdown or bust, isn't it? A tight end. And you know, you're you're basically for me picking who I think is going to score a touchdown or not. And you know, that's that's just ridiculous yeah. game to try and play. And it's why for me, Kelsey and Waller are so insanely valuable in all formats, really. I totally agree. So significant news. We've got a bunch this week. And 
as usual, it's not always good. So we'll start on the Thursday night game. DJ Chark fractured his ankle and he's out for the season. I know that hurts. Uh, one of the guys in the listener league, um, they were hoping for a good game from him and then didn't really get much. Um, and it's obviously awful for DJ Chark missing the entire season in a contract year as well. So, um, And then another injury in the same game. So Joe Mixon sprained his left ankle. That's looking like it's going to be a high ankle sprain, but we have no idea yet. We're waiting for more confirmation. Um, potentially two to four weeks out, but I don't like the way that they're talking about it, Rich. Yeah, and any time that any running back has a high ankle sprain mentioned, I, I panic because to me that's, you know, I'm not an expert, but four, four to six weeks is sort of the number I have in head when we're talking high ankle sprain. Um, obviously, nothing's been confirmed by the Bengals as to whether it's a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain, um, but a, a few of the kind of doctors I follow on Twitter have suggested that based on the, the motion of when he did it, it was a high ankle sprain. So, yeah, I think if, if if that is the case, we're expecting at least two weeks out, which is terrifying um, if you're a mix and owner. I think it looks like some RJP Ryan's going to be be the step in. I'm not sure I'm particularly excited about starting him. Um, maybe a, a sneaky little waiver ad if, if you've got some fab maybe is, is Chris Evans. Um, he was obviously a rookie this year. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that... Um, he's going to be anything great, but why not chuck chuck a couple of dollars on if you've got an extra weight roster spot? He'll be interested to see Chris Evans because I didn't see much tape of him before uh, before the draft. So been be nice to see some NFL tape for him. He did he did awfully in my rookie model. If that helps uh, solidify it, <laughs> that's not very good. <laughs> so back to the tight ends, Rob Gronkowski probably out to four to six weeks at this point, rib fracture and a punctured lung. That's not very good. Scared. Scary one when they said that no- nothing shows up on the x-ray and then it turns out that one of one of the ribs is actually broken. Oh, oh, and by the way, it's punctured his lung. You know, yeah. that's, that's worrying that it took him two, three days to diagnose that. Very worrying. Um, Elijah Mitchell, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, out for two, one to two weeks with a shoulder injury. David Hopefully he's back, maybe. Hopefully Elijah Mitchell's back. It feels like we're talking about this every week and it's just dragging on, but who, who knows? It could be that he's back. Trey Summers looking pretty decent. I didn't think he looked great in the first game that he was back. And then since then, he seems to take every couple of carries for a good eight to nine yards. So hopefully we see a lot more of Sermon and he can keep that up. David Montgomery, this is probably one of the biggest one, uh, biggest injuries we've got this week he's out for four to five weeks possibly with a knee injury um i'm not quite sure on what that knee injury is but it doesn't sound good yeah they've 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 not i don't certainly i've not seen a specific diagnosis i know there was some concern that it was an acl and they said it's not an acl so i presume it's some sort of sprain or something like that um but for me this this is absolutely go out and get Damian Williams. I think, you know, Tariq Cohen, we've, we've not heard anything more. He's he's probably not going to be back for at least a couple of weeks because he's on pub. Um, but there's no talk about when he could come back. I think if if Damian, Damian Williams, you know, can get the entire backfield in Chicago, he's he's a, a great guy to go and get off the, the waiver wire if, if he is available. I, I put him in my Dynasty waiver wire article this week, but I'm, I'm expecting he should be owned in most leagues. Certainly if you were listening to me at the end of the year, um, go and get Damian Williams because, you know, I think it's a great one. I'd, I'd probably pay, maybe I'd do a second for Damian Williams and a third right now. Um, I really think that Damian Williams is going to be a solid RB2 for four or five weeks and, for that sort of production, I'm happy playing that. I'm just worried about the offense in general. Um, I, I, I think a second is a little bit too rich for me, but I think I wouldn't accept two thirds. I th- think it's got to be somewhere in that range. Maybe throwing a low end player into that range. Um, but I'm just scared about the offense right now. Uh, Dalvin Cook uh, potentially out for one to two weeks. Um, he did split snaps with Alexander Matteson, but it didn't look good. Um, that's an ankle sprain. Logan Thomas a hamstring two to four weeks as well. 
Yeah, it's the dreaded high ankle sprain with Alvin Cook, isn't it? That yeah. you know they they can sort of play on, but they never look right, and it feels like it's going to be for the next two three weeks that we're going to deal with the same issue with him. Yeah, uh, Will Fuller. At the moment, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but he did fracture his finger. That's been confirmed. Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy G both have been injured this week. So Teddy Bridgewater concussion. Um, we don't know how long that's going to take. It probably means he's going to be out this week. Um, there are instances where players come back in concussion, uh, concussion protocol, but we have no idea what that's looking like right now, how bad that concussion is. So at the moment, Teddy Bridgewater probably out for this week. Um, and as, as I said, Jimmy G, um, car strain, they're saying that they think he's got a chance for this week, but I think it's very slim at this point. Um, I think the more realistic example is two to four weeks. Um, but again, we'll have to see on that. But that means that our good friend of the show, Tom, is going to be extremely happy with uh, Trey Lance taking starter snaps, uh, starting snaps. So Antonio Gibson, this is uh, uh, the last real, real bad news. I suppose, um, or the last injury for this week that's pretty big for your fantasy teams. Antonio Gibson um, cropped up that he had an injury to his ribs. He didn't come back in the game after the or for the last nine minutes or so of play in the fourth quarter. Um, apparently, it could look very similar to Henderson right now, but again, we haven't had an update on as of Tuesday night uh, UK time, uh, so we don't know what that injury looks like. All we know is that his ribs and it's an unknown time frame right now. We don't know whether he's actually going to miss time. Yeah, I, I, and to be brutally honest, you you broke this to me just before we started on the pod, <laughs> so I'd, I'd completely miss this one altogether. Um, yeah, if, if it is ribs, then as long as it's nothing broken, if it's just bruised or, um, or something like that, then you're talking pain tolerance issue. Um and, and normally guys tend to play through that. It's a bit different, obviously, with the running back. You might, might miss a week, but it'll be a kind of watch this space. Um, maybe we'll, we'll finally get to see Jared Patterson, get some snaps. Um, obviously, J.D. McKissick would see a little boost if Antonio Gibson is uh, is out. Um, and also, if Antonio Gibson is going to miss a week, I wonder if we're going to see Curtis Samuel be used in the, in the backfield potentially again. Potentially. We, we know that um, Ron Rivera likes using Samuel around the backfield, so... That's something to watch. And then moving on to some better news. Um, AJ Brown and Julio Jones were both out this week and they should return this week um, or this coming week. We'll we'll see on that. But it was quite odd that both of them all of a sudden, it, it seemed like they were trending to play. And then all of a sudden, was it Saturday night, Sunday morning? They were just like, no, neither of them are playing. Didn't didn't fancy the the esteemed Jets defense. That <laughs> and, uh, and Those out. corners, those corners yeah, scared them. Bryce Bryce Hall's enough to give you nightmares, certainly. <laughs> so Chase Claypool um, out with a hamstring injury last week, um, or the week just gone. So potentially returning this week. How are you feeling about this one, Rich? Because there was a lot of um, a lot to go on in that game um obviously it was against green bay so i watched the full thing there was a lot that you could unpack from that game that was a bit sloppy from their Steelers offense yeah i, th- I think that look we, we can throw chase claypool in with aj brown and and julio jones it, it terrifies me whenever there's hamstring injuries with the receiver because they're the kind of thing that can linger for the rest of the season um i think that the, the pittsburgh offense is is horrific we've all seen that big ben you know even without chase claypool this week was you know he, he's, he's pretty much done at this point isn't he but i do think that chase claypool's still a, a decent asset i think he's a, a decent you know run after the catch guy that's also going to get some some deep threats and i think that he, he's probably only going to see an uptick in his value over the next, you know, twelve months. Hopefully, when uh, when Big Ben does does retire <laughs> and they find an alternative. Um, but I think it's 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 a really interesting offense because they have got some fantastic skill position players right across the board. They've got some fantastic dynasty assets in terms of, you know, Deontay Johnson, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool are all kind of in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. You've got Najee Harris, who's probably valued as a back-end RB1, high-end RB2 at the moment. And you've got Pat Fremuth, who's probably a, a high-end tight end two in terms of valuation. Yet you've got a quarterback that at the moment is struggling to throw the ball more than kind of 10 yards. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting offense, should we say. I mean, we'll get onto this later on, but he did have a couple of deep balls that he just missed on. It was by less than a foot. It was just one of those tough situations to be in and, and to watch. So looking at some of the IR returns that we could see this week, Richard Bateman didn't come back last week. Um, he wasn't activated. So fingers crossed we get to see him this week. I really liked him. And as we said last week, you really liked him before the draft um, and after the draft. So it'll be nice to see how, what his um, what his connection is like with Lamar, especially after a, a training camp that he didn't really have much of. He had a couple of nice plays, and then I believe he got a couple of injuries that nagged him up a little bit. Um, and then Michael Gallup also could return from IR this week. He's eligible. But again, I haven't seen anything to say that he is going to return. Could be it could be a sneaky little buy window on Michael Gallup over the next probably 24 hours um, before the news breaks that he's coming back. Um, we've seen that this offence can sustain, you know, whilst he's been out, we've seen the tight ends have been feasting. Um, I think he's, you know, settles in as a nice wide receiver three, wide receiver four. He's potentially going to be in a new home next year. His contract obviously runs out at the end of the year. Um, if, if you can go out and buy Michael Gallup on the cheap right now because the owner, you know, hasn't been doing due diligence and doesn't realise that he's coming back, um, I think that that would be quite nice. I'd, I'd probably pay a second for him straight up right now, um, but I don't think I don't think you'd have to pay that. To be honest, I think you can probably get him. You know, maybe in a player for a player trade um, a little bit cheaper than that. I'd pay the same about a second. Um, I'd like Gallup before the season, and I think this is just a perfect buy, buy low window. So moving on to the dynasty stock market, Rich. Yeah, so I guess the the first guy um, we're going to talk about, I, I, I've probably been reticent to include him in this segment because I think that I was fully expecting somebody else in this offense to take over, and it's, it's Debo Samuel. Um, so he's currently the wide receiver three on the season. Um, he had the wide receiver two week in, in week four. Um, it, it's been ridiculously impressive, but I, I don't know if you're the same, Liam. I've just sort of gone, oh, there's there's a big game from D.O. Samuel, okay, like thought nothing of it. And I've not really moved him up in terms of my valuation of him. Um, what what do you think? I mean, I guess how, how high are you on Debo now moving forward as a dynasty asset? I still think that Ayuk's going to come back and do at least something and not flop over like he has done over the past couple of weeks. Um, my biggest issue with Debo is I have him in the crazy Rawls Mania league that I mentioned earlier, the Murph setup. And in that league, it's minus 0.5 PPR. So you take half a point deduction for every ball that's been caught it is ridiculous so that's why i picked up debo so i don't think and i i have him nowhere else i don't have him on any redraft leagues or anything like that so i think i really struggle with debo because the only league i have him in is a really weird league even though he is doing really well i yeah. think it's just i don't really know how to value him because i do think that offense is going to get back to kittle as the mainstay and then Ayuk and debo taking some some targets there and who knows what's going to happen when the running game actually gets a kickstart because at the moment yeah like Trey Sermon's good and he's showing flashes but he's not anyone that a defense is going to game plan for specifically I think and it's taken me three weeks to get here but I'm now kind of in on Debo um this is the first week I've I've moved Debo ahead of Brandon Ayuk in terms of my dynasty value in my survival kit. Um, so I've got Debo is my wide receiver uh, 19, um, whereas Brandon Ayuk's fallen down to my wide receiver 32. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I really like Debo. I really like everything I've seen. Um, I think the interesting thing is that a couple of stats for you is that 
his A dot is seven point seven. I think last year we saw his A dot pathetically low. He it shows that he's not just a you know catch the ball on screens and and let him work. He's actually running a full route tree and and catching the ball downfield. He also leads the NFL in in yards per route run, which you know take take what you want from it as a stat. I appreciate there's a couple of um, issues potentially with the you know the the volume of whether you're running out of two wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets, that kind of thing. But to be at three point five five yards per route run, the guys in the top five, you're looking at Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams. Like that's elite territory to be in there with. Um, I'm really excited. I think if I'd I'd be comfortable paying a first for him, definitely. Um, I'd probably be comfortable paying a bit more than the first at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I I really like what I've seen. I do think Ayuk's coming back, and I do think that there's going to be you know a leveling out of this kind of wide receiver core. But I, I think that Ayuk, you know, Samuel's for me not wide receiver one, but he's absolutely a dynasty wide receiver two moving forward. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I've got him slightly lower than you. Um, at the wide receiver 19, as you said, but I don't think that he's anywhere near the top 12 at all. Yeah. I, re- I really don't think that. Yeah, I mean, to to, go, to give you an idea of in terms of guys I've got in the same tier, so he's in quite a big tier for me. Um, it's actually my tier six. So he's in the same tier as Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, T Higgins, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Keen Allen and Alan Robinson. So, you know, that's that's sort of my what I'd consider my dynasty wide receiver twos, basically. Um, I, I'm really excited. I think that his usage and his performance so far, I think San Francisco would be silly to, to not keep feeding him, quite frankly. Um, but the, the next big riser, um, and this is more, I guess, based on a, a one-week sample, should we say, with, with his quarterback, um, and that's Darnell Mooney, who... You know, we, we saw the Chicago offense, obviously, we, we slated them last week for a horrific performance and they came out and actually looked pretty good this week. Um, the, the, the the kind of peripheral numbers for Darnell Mooney, so he had a 41.2% target share uh, and he had a 50.9% A-odd market share. So not only is he getting the majority of targets in that offense, but he's also getting that, that sort of, you know, the deeper target that we've obviously seen Justin Field has got that, elite accuracy downfield which is you know what made him such an elite prospect do you think we know my thoughts on day three wide receivers (laughs) how they don't exist how they don't matter do you think Donald Mooney's potentially the one that's going to kind of turn me and and break that mold I really I don't think so I want Justin Fields to do really well this year I just don't think it is going to be the year where he puts everything together immediately I think with that offence, and quite frankly, with Nagy, I don't think that that offence is going to do brilliantly for the rest of the season. Um, Yes, they look better this week than they did last week, but that was a very low bar last week. Um, Donnell Mooney, my issue with him really is, where is A-Rob right now, Alan Robinson? He's been nowhere at all. He's not really had a great game. Um. I struggle to see him keeping up this pace. But if he keeps it up to, um, say, half of the extent, that's still a good extent to have. Um, yeah, I think... We just want Justin Fields to be the accurate ball that we know that he can do on a consistent basis down the field. Yeah, I, I think, look, for me, this offence runs through Alan Robinson still. I think we saw a down week. He only had three targets, but I still think that he's the the true number one in this offence. I wouldn't be shocked if Darnell Mooney settles into a, you know, that horrible boom-bust um, kind of best ball play that will have two or three boom weeks and then two or three nothing weeks. And I think that that's, that's kind of where I expect Mooney to be. Um, I'm not going to buy him now. I don't think he's going to be anything more than like a wide receiver four or five. Um, I've been, you know, pretty low on Mooney over the, over the off season and into this year. Um, I just don't think that the, the upside is there to go and buy him right now. Uh, I think if you can sell him though, I think now is the time you can do it for, especially if you can grab a second for him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If I can get a second round pick for me, I'm, I'm doing that every day of the week. Um, so moving on to the negative part then, Liam. 
Um, so the fallers. So this, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm going to throw you under the bus here because I would never have put this guy in a faller. But uh, it's, it's a guy that's close to my heart. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. So what, why is he a, a faller for you, Liam? Yeah, so I, I when I put the show sheet together, and so for the listeners, I basically just copy the same sheet and then drop in names and then rich goes in and drops his names in and we, we have a little discussion and stuff behind the scenes um as soon as i created it this was the first name i dropped uh, in there he's currently the wide receiver of 58 i believe it was when i checked uh ppr wise he, he had an awful game i watched i watched the game obviously we i mentioned that earlier and I don't think it was all his fault at all. There were a good couple of plays from um, Packers corners, which I won't say very often um, with our history with corners, but there were a couple of balls that were just not there from Ben, and both of them were over 20 yards and they would have been for touchdowns if he connected. Saying that, I think people aren't going to know that because they haven't watched the game and it will be interesting to see what this offense does going forward because he's getting the targets he had eight targets but he only caught two of them for 11 yards he had an awful game on paper but I don't think all of those targets were necessarily his fault um, as to why he didn't catch them and as you put in the show sheet, Rich, I really do think that he is a buy-low candidate. I like him for not only this year as a bounce back, but I like him f- for the future. And I think his price has gone down dramatically over the first couple, first few weeks of the season. I think if you can get him for a second, that's a smash buy. Um, I don't know whether people would sell him for a second, two seconds, maybe a first. I'd still sell and um, still buy it for at this point. He's in the final contract, uh, final year of his contract. So I really do like him going into next year. So he could see another, another offense, and who knows where he goes. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I I joke about you putting him in the show sheet, but I completely get it. If you just look at the stat line, he had two receptions for eleven yards. Like that's you know this is a guy that you're paying wide receiver two, wide receiver three prices. You're expecting him to produce consistently more than that. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the eight targets, you know, that's quite nice. But to me, the bigger thing is that it's the 95 air yards. You know, he's had an ADOT of over 10. Um, this is a guy that last year, I think his ADOT was about four. Um, he was being used out the slot and, and was basically essentially, a, a you know, an extension of their run game last year. But as you said, he had two deep shots that should have been touchdowns if, uh, if Big Ben could find him. And I think that for me, that shows that he's being utilised in the right ways. And I'm probably not buying him for this year because I'm I'm really scared about that offense. I think that the only two kind of reliable assets in that offense at the moment are Deontay Johnson and, and Najee Harris. But I think that you mentioned he's a free agent next year. I wouldn't be shocked if if we saw him move on um, and and basically go and pick a, a situation. He's 25 as well. This is a guy that at 25 had a top 24 season in his rookie year, had a top 12 season in his sophomore year, and has had another top 24 season in there, and then was injured for a year. So, like, at 25 to have three elite fancy seasons under his belt, I I, I can't help but think that he's, you know, he's an absolute buy. I... I actually just bought him in, in one of my leagues. I sold Cooper Cup for... Um, I'm basically rebuilding. I've taken over an orphan. It's, it's not a horror show. Um, but I sold Cooper Cup for Juju a first and a second. And, and I feel absolutely delighted with that, if I'm being honest. That, that's great. I take that every day of the week, especially in a rebuild. So the the, the second faller, and I'll be honest, this is, this is me scratching my head a little bit here, um, and it's Miles Gaskin. Um, so he saw only two rush attempts on Sunday. Apparently, there's no injury. I've, I've been trying to search and find out what's what's happened, whether there was an injury, but apparently it's not injured. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I guess I'm asking the question, Liam, is he done? I think this is where I get to go on my, my little rant about volume-based RB2s and how, you know, anybody that is, you're basically buying the situation 
Um, and you can sit and look at Miles Gaskin and say, oh, well, you know, he was, good, he was good for fantasy last year when he was playing. He was, you know, a high-end RB2 and stuff like that. But it's not the talent you're buying into there, you know. There was a reason nobody was talking about him before the season last year. You're literally buying this situation. Um, HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And, and when that situation, you know, disappears, the, the, the player suddenly has no value. So do you think this is a, a one-week blip or do you think Miles Gaskin is, is well and truly done? I'm not too sure. So I purposely went on my phone, if you're watching, just to get the stats up. And you've got Malcolm Brown with eight carries, um, Ahmed with three carries and... Uh, Gaskin with two. That's it. They didn't really have a run game in this in this game. Obviously, I haven't watched the game, so maybe I want to go back and watch the the game in forty on Game Pass and just have a look at what actually happened there. But it, it seems like they were playing from behind because they had thirty to forty um, passing attempts there. May I, I don't really know. Maybe. It, that that's a really tough question because Gaskin, I, I'm with you. He's a volume based um, running back, and he's the same as what Mike Daniels was before the season. They were both going very similarly, and now they're they're not really anywhere. But the the difference with Gaskin is there's no one really in that backfield that has taken over thoroughly enough from a fantasy point of view, anyway. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes on for the next couple of weeks, but I really don't want Gaskin in any of my teams. But at the same token, I'm not selling him now because his value is just worthless. No, I mean, you, you you can't sell him now because you can't sell off the back of that performance. But I do think, look, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Malcolm Brown was signed on day one of free agency by Miami. It wasn't a big contract, but when you go out and sign someone as your, the first player you sign, it, it signals a lot to me. Um, my, yes, I, I get the game script part of it, and Malcolm Brown, you know, watching the game was in more on those uh, kind of catch-up situations. But Miles Gaskin only saw twenty-three point one percent of snaps. This is a guy we were hoping to see in the 70 percent snap rate. You know, even in a catch-up situation, you'd still be expecting to see fifty percent of the snaps. I think for me, I, I, I don't really want any piece of this this offense in terms of the running game. I think it's. It's not a particularly exciting offense to have pieces of, um, but I'm I'm definitely out on Mars Gaskin. I think what I don't even know what you could get for him right now. I'd 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 want a second just because of the positional value, but I realise you're, you're you're not getting a second for him right now yeah. because off the back of that, no one's paying that for him. Um, but I'm I'm not selling for a third. I'd rather just stick him at the end of my roster and, and have him as a roster plug and selling for that. To be honest. Yeah, you're not selling him for anything right now. Maybe he's the guy that you're doing a bigger trade, and then you say, "Oh, it's you know, you're going back and forth, and you're, yeah. you're kind of there, and you say, oh, 'I'll throw Miles Gaskin to get it across the line,' and, and maybe that's the way you use him." Yeah, definitely. That I think that's the only way that you'd be able to get him off your roster beyond cutting him right now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't advise cutting him. Never cut a running back. Um, so the players of the week, Liam. So did you want to lead us away? You hinted at it earlier, your, your player of the yeah, week. Yeah, we, we've hinted at both of them, actually. But for, for mine, I've gone with Saquon. Um, I think he's back. He's had two great weeks. He he just seems like the player that we knew before the, the whole injuries over the past two years. He, I think 
the biggest issue with Barkley is a lot of people saw that offense last year and that immediately moved Barkley down all the way down in people's minds and he never really got the chance to recover, um, especially with that injury. But now he he went for 52 yards and a touchdown and then also caught five balls for 74 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he had two touchdowns on, on the week as well as over 125 scrimmage yards. So I think it's great that he's back. It just really, really is going to depend on what the offense looks week in, week out. We know that they missed a couple of wide receivers this week. Um, Shepard was out. Uh, Slayton was also out. So maybe that's why you saw an uptick in the passing game. But at the same time, I think every time he touched the ball, he, he's just electric and he can take anything to the house. Um, as you said, I'm glad that he's back because I've got him on a bunch of dynasty rosters. And I just want as much Saquon Barkley as I can, but I think that window to buy has really gone after this week. Yeah. And I think that you've seen this this Giants offense shift as well. Um I've got a really, really good little site and stat that I use that breaks down rushing attempts for quarterbacks, whether they're designed attempts or scrambles, which is is very useful. So Daniel Jones in week two had five designed runs. Uh, and then weeks three and four, once we start to see Saquon back fully, he's had one in each of those games. And to me, that's showing that, you know, the Giants are basically saying, look, we're, we're, we're now shifting this offense over to Barkley. Daniel Jones is running... You know, he's he's still getting two or three scrambles a game, but he's not getting those designed runs. And I think that you know Saquon Barkley is is back to being what we all we all knew and hoped. And and he's that dynasty RB two that uh, you know hopefully by the end of the year he's he's going to be solidifying himself as that dynasty RB one because uh, I think Christian McCaffrey's crown is uh, is starting to slip. I think it is as well with uh, with his injuries, but. I think that those who are going to be the running back one and two in Dynasty going out of this year will have to see whether um, whether they do crown themselves as the running back one and two because, as you said multiple times this year already, uh, that running two, uh, running back two spot in Dynasty right now is kind of a, an opinion base. Whoever you want, there's about five or six that you could probably slot in there. So moving on to your pick, Rich, who have we got? So I'm going with Cordero Patterson. Um, so it it seems to be the name that everybody's talking about at the moment. So I figured, what, what, why not? Let's talk about him. Um, so this is a guy that, I'll be honest, when he was coming out, um, I, I was really excited by. I, I thought that he was going to be, you know, that big-bodied, movable piece, you're getting the ball in the screen game. There's a reason, that, you know, the Vikings have spent a first-round pick on him. Um, and he's basically gone from from pillar to post, never really been utilised correctly. We saw the Patriots basically turn him into a running back, and I think they kind of had the epiphany. Um, and and look, I'm I'm kicking myself. Why 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 we didn't buy into Cordero Patterson more? That you know everybody was basically anointing Mike Davis in that that Viking. Uh, Falcons offense, but nobody really talks about Patterson. Had a few shares in the offseason, but nowhere near enough. Um, and I guess everybody's the question everybody's asking is, is this for real? Is it just a you know a flash in a pan through through three weeks? Where where do you sit on that lib? Do you do you think this is, you know, he's a decent startable option moving forward, or do you think he's gonna disappear as as fast as he's kind of popped up? I think if you can sell him, or I'd sell him right now. Um, he's probably uh, the top value that you could get for him. I don't think that he's got a significant role going forward in the next couple of years in Dynasty. If you're contending, obviously, I'm, I'm holding. I'm not trying to sell because he's probably taking your roster up that next step because, as I said, in the off-season, if you can find those guys in the off-season that no one really thinks about and people are really low on and then they spike and do really well that's going to take your roster to the next level and above everyone else's um i did mention in the off season i can't remember which episode cordell patterson when we were talking about mike davis 
but I do think it was more of a passing comment and a bit of a jokey comment. I don't have many shares. I think I picked him up in one or two dynasty leagues before the season, um, just as a speculative ad. I I don't think it's for real, but while he's scoring these touchdowns, there's no one really, no one else in that offense that is doing anything. Even Ridley struggling, and that's. Uh, that's worrying for me on Ridley, but I think this week was a little bit fluky. Yes, he was the running back one, and we don't ever think, I don't think anyone ever thought that he'd have a running back one overall week. But three touchdowns is nothing to scoff at. They obviously want to use him. He's getting that usage in the offense. So, I'm, uh, I'm going to jump in and. <laughs> Look, I, I I really don't want to do this, but I I think I've got to. In that I'm I'm diving all in on Kadara Patterson right now. I think that for me, it's it's less about um him the player, and it's more about how he's being utilized. I think it is so fascinating the way that Atlanta he he's a complete movable piece in that. So on Sunday he had twelve snaps in the backfield, seven in the slot, four out wide. We saw him be used, you know, handed the ball off in traditional, you know, gap scheme, but also zone scheme runs. We saw him um, lined up out wide and, and got the ball in those more traditional um, kind of screen game concepts where getting the ball in space and, and hope he can make a wide miss. But then you also saw him, you know, the back shoulder fade touchdown. That, that's like proper receiver stuff. That's what he was drafted to go and be. And and he never did. And and for me, I think that Atlanta has stumbled onto something here in that this is what he was drafted to be. I hinted at it with the Vikings in that this is what they expect him to be, a guy that can score a touchdown any time he touches the ball. And I think I really believe that this is real. Now, I'm not buying unless he's cheap. I've gone and bought him... In, I'm, a, I'm a true contender in a league and I've gone and bought him for a second round pick and I feel very comfortable with that. It's, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm projecting that that second round pick is going to be no late, no earlier than like the 208, 209. I'm fine taking a punt on Kodaro Patson. If you're in a rebuild, okay, I think that Kodaro Patson is a really sneaky buy right now, okay? Because, not, not that I'm saying you should keep him into the offseason, but I think you can go and buy him now for less than the second that I've just paid. I think you can probably get him for less than that. If Cordero Patterson carries on over the next two, three, four weeks, producing how he has so far this season, you could probably get a first for him by the time we get to the playoffs. I, I feel that's really risky. Um, I, think a lot, I think a lot of his... Usage is or a lot of his fantasy points are coming in in the form of touchdowns, and if they start to slip, he's not going to see running back on week with with the total usage he's getting. And um, uh, yes, you have to take risks, but that one's a little bit too spicy and a little bit too risky for me. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this, let's not just pretend that he's not, he's not getting the work in in exciting ways. You know, he's he's had a fifteen percent. 15% target share this week. He's, you know, had 13 weighted opportunities this week. Like, the guy is getting work. And it's not just a case of he's getting, you know, straightforward carries and he's getting targets on, you know, wheel routes at the backfield. He is getting the ball in, in exciting ways. And everybody was hyped up this offseason about Arthur Smith being this great offensive mind and it's going to unleash Calvin Ridley and it's going to unleash Carl Pitts and... Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just going to unleash Cordero Patterson. And, and I think that, look, do I think Cordero Patterson's going to continue to be an RB1 for the rest of the season? No. But I reckon, and I'm going to nail my customers, I reckon by the end of the season, he's a top 24 wide, uh, running back. And this is a guy that you can use in your running back or your wide receiver spot. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I think if you can get him for a second round pick, I'm, I'm, I'm easily doing that. I mean, you go for it. I think <laughs> I think it's a little bit too risky for me, hoping that his value increases. I do think that if you can sell him but right I now think, and go for it, I, I yeah, think I that with it. 
I think that this is for me one of the things that people miss when they're rebuilding. I think when you're rebuilding, everybody does the standard thing of I'm selling off my aging assets, I'm selling off my running backs, I'm going to get build around picks, I'm going to build around quarterbacks, and I'm going to build around run, 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 young wide receivers. And that's what everybody does. But to do that and do that properly, you've got like a 50% hit rate because you're basically relying on hitting on a couple of running backs in the draft. Okay. To me, to rebuild properly, you have to take some calculated risks and you have to turn second and third round picks into firsts to, to raise that kind of ceiling. And to me, this is the kind of thing you do. You go and buy an asset that could be worth loads, but nobody really wants to pay that value for it. I'm, I guarantee you, Liam, okay, I don't know how many dynasty leagues you're in right now, but I reckon over 50% of them Cordero Patterson is currently sat on the trade block. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, because everybody everybody wants to sell high. Everybody thinks, oh, Cordero Patterson, oh, he's had two good weeks. Quick, I'll, I'll I'll put him on the trade block and I'll sell him. And everybody's trying to sell high. So if everybody's trying to sell high, why don't you take the risk, flip it on his head, and go and buy Cordero Patterson? And the chances that he continues this. Worst case scenario, you've you've lost yourself what a, a late second, maybe maybe slightly less, maybe you've you've moved a, a different player, something like that. But I just think that to me, this is a, a a very interesting opportunity to go and buy an asset that could double, triple in value over the next three four weeks. Now, there's a couple of things I want to <laughs> pick up there, and I'm not going to go on a massive rant, but trade block for one. I hate it. The way that it's used, yeah. I hate it. I love the idea of it, but the way that everyone uses it, I hate it. Oh, just, it's just it's more points than I yeah, expected. Stick with the trade block. Block. And yeah. then no one ever gets offers because everyone knows what they're doing. It, it, it never is used properly. And if it is, then it becomes a great asset in any dynasty league. But no one ever uses it like that. I tend to use it more of a jokey point now in most of my leagues because it's just got to a point where everyone uses it in that way um then as for as for your point specifically around the theory of trying to turn seconds into first and it is kind of like a stock market hence why we've called this the dynasty stock market i do agree with that theory i just don't think cordell patterson is the one to do it he does have the opportunity to don't get me wrong if he has another couple of weeks yes he's price is going to go up to two seconds then it's going to get to a first i just don't think that patterson you, you i think his window is going to be way too small to sell for a first in the in say five six weeks time if he carries this up because i don't see this for carrying on as soon as that one week of usage drops and he doesn't get a touchdown or whatever i don't see him maintaining the value and that's where i struggle with the risk yeah. Well, people think I'm unbearable enough as it is. So if Cordell Patterson now hits big time, I'm going to be incredibly unbearable. Um, so your your deep dive player of the week, Liam. So following last week's debacle, um, have we actually got a you know a, a deep dive player? I struggled again for for a proper deep dive. So this is the tight end one this week. So CJ Uzama. When I say that, it doesn't sound like a deep dive, but considering he has had about four or five targets before this week, uh, uh, before last week, sorry, he really had struggled up until the past couple of weeks where he's actually seen a high target volume. We saw last year that he had two weeks before he got injured, where he got injured halfway through a game in week two, and he had over 11 targets in in those two games and he was scoring decent points not saying that he's the next Kelsey or anything along those lines but for someone that you could have picked up off waivers in most leagues if not all of them at the start of the season he will give you these boom weeks and I'm not expecting uh, five catches uh, 95 yards and two touchdowns at all again this season you're not not expecting two touchdowns every week no no i mean at all this season i don't expect another two touchdown a game but i do think that half of that yards and then 
cherry on top is a touchdown. I think having that as a odd play when you need to in your tight end spot as a backup tight end is all you need. And I don't know how you feel about this, Rich, but I was really high on him last year. And then he started doing really well. I got really excited and then he got injured week two. Um, maybe I'm being sucked in a little bit here, but I do really like Yuzama uh, here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to get excited about him, isn't it? It's hard to get excited about most tight ends. He's he's an end of the bench tight end that, as you said, you can chuck in and, and hope he gets a touchdown. If I want a decent, if I want one of these fly tight ends, I want them to be a tight end in a good offense. And I think the Bengals are going to be a good offense moving forward. I think there's, you know, going to be up there in terms of number of pass terms to game. And I, and I really believe that Joe Burrow is a, you know, a decent quarterback. So, so yeah, why not? But he's, I don't think he's ever going to get the target volumes, you know, being in an offense that's got Jamar Chase, T Higgins, you know, target monster Tyler Boyd, plus potentially a back coming out of the backfield, whether that's Joe Mixon or someone else. I, I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than a kind of a, a flyer tight end too. But yeah, what, what, why not? Let's, you know, go and go and sniff around him. You, you could probably pick him up off the waiver wire in most of your leagues, to be honest. He's probably sat out there. Um, so my deep dive player of the week. Um, so it's Kenneth Gainwell. Um, so Kenneth Gainwell was the RB7 on the week. Um, this is a guy that I think we talked about Liam on our, uh, when we got you on the pre preseason uh when you your debut on the pod we talked about Kenneth Gamewell uh, he had a 50% opportunity share um I, I love what what the Eagles are doing with him they're using him in you know the receiving game they're using him all over the field do you think that we're slowly seeing the passing of the torch that that this is Gamewell's backfield moving forward yeah so it was my very first podcast ever that you had me on where I started talking about Kenneth Gamewell and you probably couldn't shut me up. And it was probably the same for Amari Rogers, but we're not seeing that same usage right now. 50-50 <laughs> um, is a good, good hit rate, really, I promise you. I'll tell you that. So Kenneth Gainwell specifically, um, when you put him on the show sheet, I text you, and I don't think the text sent for about three hours. But um, this texture was like, I absolutely love that you put him on there. I get to talk about him again. And then I got and then I got in, uh, had my dinner, and then around 7 o'clock, I thought, I'm going to watch some game well tape. So I watched the game in 40 and fast-forwarded to every play that he was in. And it made me so happy seeing his usage. So for those that didn't watch any of his college tape, he was used as a wide receiver a lot. He was used in the slot so much. And I didn't think that that was going to translate into the NFL, but I'm so happy that it actually has. So when I watched his tape and I picked out a bunch of his, like the, the major things that I could see, he was always in unclear passing situations. It wasn't Miles Sanders. It was always him. In two minute drills, it was always him. Those type of situations where you know you're going to be throwing the ball rather than running it. They're not trying to put Sanders into pass protect and to get that short yardage. Short yardage. Gainwell is getting all of those touches, all of that opportunity. He's being used in the screen game. Um, it wasn't loads this week, but he was used in the screen game. And he's such a red zone threat because you give him the ball and he's so quick that he can make someone miss and he'll just go and you'll, you won't like notice that he's got the ball it, it, it's so re- unreal I, I absolutely love his tape and you've started me off on Kenneth Gamewell that you knew what you were getting into when you put him yeah, down on the show sheet and hey, look, to I... answer your question about Sanders I don't think that Sanders is going anywhere snap percentage wise but I do think that the opportunity share could hit like sit around 40 to 50 for Gainwell for the rest of the year now the way that the Eagles are using him, as I said right at the start, in his college tape, he was used as a wide receiver so much. What I was so happy to see for him was him being used as a wide receiver quite a bit as uh, in, in the NFL in, in for the Eagles. He was used in motion to get him into space as well, which is where he's great because he'll make guys miss. 
I, I love him as a buyer right now. I've got him in so many leagues and I'm just excited for the prospect of him in the next couple of years. I was, I'd see, I, I remember the, the conversation we had on your debut pod and I was so excited by Kenny Gamewell pre-draft. You know, this is a guy that he was the reason why Antonio Gibson played wide receiver at Memphis because Kenny Gamewell had that backfield on lock. He was incredible. And then he went in the fifth round to the Eagles and I was Fourth. like, oh, Fourth. I thought it was. I think it was. The oh, fifth, was it yeah. the fifth? I think it was um, the fifth. Yes, it was the fifth because Michael Carter went in the fourth. That's how. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and then he went in the fifth, and I was like, oh yeah, day day three picks and and all that. Um, and I sort of fell out of love with him. But actually, look, the the guy is talented. The guy is you know incredible in space. He's everything you'd want from a fancy back in that he can carry the rock. He, he's good in short yardage. He's good in space. He can catch the ball. I think we probably need to call the Jets a little bit. I think no. that he, he's he's not taking over this backfield. I don't think Miles Sanders is going anywhere. I still believe in Miles Sanders, the talent. I still think that Miles Sanders is above average NFL running back. And it brings us on to our, our listener question of the week from Dan Hughes. Um, who's at Dan Hughes 99. Uh, and he basically says, Mole Sanders, buy, sell, hold. What's his value? Um, well, I, I, you know, we, we hinted on it earlier. You you can't sell players off the back of a horrific week. And Mole Sanders has now had two or three horrific weeks on, on the trot. Um, so, yeah, you, you you can't sell him right now. Um, he's He's got to be a hold. I, I wouldn't advise going out and buying him. Um, just because I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that Kenny Gamewell is taking over this offense, I think his value is probably around the first. Um, I'm probably not comfortable paying much more than that if I was buying. But I th- yeah, I mean it's it's hard to value him because I think he's he's one of these sort of forgotten players that he'll have a good week and suddenly everyone will be talking about him again. What do you think, Lynn? Yeah, I, I mirror what you said, apart from Gamewell's not taking over this this backfield. <laughs> um, you've got your guy in Patterson. Gamewell's my my risk, uh, risky pick. I, I like the fact that he's got a 50% opportunity to share this week, and I, I think he made the most of it. Sanders is showing that he's not as much of a threat in the passing game, so I do think that um, that game is going to go to Gamewell. Specifically on Sanders, as you said, I think that you're probably looking at a first. If you're getting anything other than or anything lower than a first, I wouldn't be selling there. Um, but at the same time, I am worried about gain well for Sanders. But I'm also excited about gain well for for me. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you're excited about gain well for you. Forget about the rest of the world, Liam. Just let's yes. just worry about you. I suppose to be honest, with the state of some of your dynasty rosters, you need one player to hit. Oh, <laughs> oh, I've beaten you in a couple of those leagues. Oh, yeah, um, you've, you've beaten me, but you've you've got worse records, so that's all that matters. Um, and on on that, we we will end the pod, guys. Um, so just a reminder: the show is brought to you by Manscaped. You can get twenty percent off uh, manscaped.com using the code Five Yard. Um, before we go, Liam um, obviously released his dynasty roster management article today Lim give us a little tease what what was involved so this week is the most important week if you're deciding to give up on this season basically um I go through tanking uh, I went through retooling last week so that's another article that you kind of need to pick up for this one as well um if you're looking at what to do with your dynasty rosters and you don't quite know take a look at them because they're going to be coming out every week. From now on, I am going to be giving you examples on who to buy, who to sell. Um, but I'm going to be trying to keep it separate from some of the other articles that the Dynasty guys produce. Um, but yeah, this is the the final theory-based week um, where, where I don't really give many examples on what to do, player specifically. But yeah, just just take a look. If you're unsure on what you're doing with your rosters, where to go, what direction, give it a look. And uh, obviously, we've got Danny will be back with his rising fallers, uh, and then Liam will have uh, Liam Lewis will have 
a uh, another tomorrow's star today he's having fantastic success with that so uh, i'm intrigued to see who's highlighting this week um but yeah give give us all a follow guys i'm at dynasty islands liam is at the fsa tweets uh follow the main dynasty site we are at five yard dynasty we're 971 followers so yeah let's see if we can tick that over a thousand that would be uh, a very nice to get there very soon but uh the dfs guys will be following up in sort of 15 20 minutes if you're watching on the live stream they'll be here taking me through uh, what's do your fan team lineups for week five uh, and we will all see you again next week redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.